Our scripture this morning is from Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. And I read, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Amen. We'll be blessed this morning with a sermon from Amen. our senior pastor. And therefore, as we gather in this atmosphere of praise, your Holy Spirit is here with us. We have no doubt about your presence because this is your house. Therefore, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, our most blessed Redeemer, in whose name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. It's always good to be in the house of God and to hear him speak to us. Recognize our friends, loved ones, worshippers who have come with various thanksgiving in your heart because of the goodness of God. Today, we're focusing on stewardship through service. As in the year, we seek to shine for the Lord. The Apostle Paul writing this to the people in Rome, and to, by extension to us, that if you are alive today, you are alive by the mercy or because of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Because of his goodness to us. And so he starts in Romans chapter 12. He says, therefore, because of the mercies of God, offer yourself to him as a living sacrifice. A very loaded word. Paul knows, and you all know what a sacrifice is. You slaughter an animal, you pour the blood, wherever you pour it, and it is dead. But you are still alive. You have a brain, you have a will, you have a mind, you have an emotion, and you must choose voluntarily or consciously to offer your stewardship to God. Gone were the days when people used to put on those uh, banners and posters and stickers. I'm Jesus' servant. Whose servant are you? The devil. Because some choose to serve Jesus, others choose to serve other things. They may not be bold enough to say they are serving the devil, but they may be serving themselves. As uh, Othello said in Shakespeare, Othello, Iago said it, in serving him, I only serve myself. In following him, I only, I only follow myself. But Christ has given us gifts. The gifts are given to us. They are not ours. And so the message today is God gives us gifts and talents so we use to build his church. We can use these gifts, not church just like in the four walls of Calvary Baptist Church. By home can become a church. 
You can have a Bible club. Your work can become a place where God wants to manifest his presence. And you can use whatever gift and talent he has given you to bless the work of God. And so you are responsible. You are a steward. You are a caretaker of the gift God has given you. We'll look at some of the gifts, but before we even look at them, let's just have a few preliminaries. All gifts and all abilities come from God. The gentleman standing here, I'm not sure whether it's a gift or a talent. Sometimes people try to make that distinction. Whether it's a gift, a spiritual gift, or a talent, it's God who gave him. I'm not sure he went and bought it in any shop. But there are things you can use to improve on your natural talent or even your gift. So realize it all. Some will say it is mine. They play football. You know, football is a gift that you can use to do anything, but it's not from God. No, forget it. It's not everybody who can play it. Secondly, understand that we all do not have the same gifts. Oh, the Bible is so clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are like a body. Somebody's a hand. The hand is different from the head. It's different from the feet. And in the body of Christ, we are all different. And each one has a role that we play. So you can't have a gift and think that everybody must be like you. That is not accurate thinking biblically or even physiologically or naturally. It will happen. So respect your gift and respect everybody's gift. Know what you do best. If you try to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you will say that fish is crazy. But if you also think that a bird will do well in swimming, then you got it wrong. Who are you and what are you in the house of God? What do you do best? Remember, it's good, better, best. There are things that you can do very well, but what do you do very, very confidently knowing that that is what God has given you and you do it so that his name is, is exalted. There are some of us who are jack of all trades, master of none. But there are some specific things that God has given you. If you took the time to develop them and use them, you will see that truly God is using you to bless others. Dedicate your gift to God's service, not just your personal success. Sometimes when I hear the fortunes or the income of those who play football, I envy them uh, because I cannot play like them. I mean, I just envy them. One, it is small boy, 18 years old, earning 180,000 pounds a week. I mean, uh, I'm not there, you see. But for some, what they do with that money, you'll be amazed. They can choose that when they are going to play football somewhere, you should fly your car and go somewhere. One of them chose that he wanted a certain car because he wants it. So that Lamborghini Countach should be brought from a factory, should have zero, zero, zero on the odometer reading. And the manufacturer said, for that to happen, it must be lifted from the factory. It must be put on a tow truck. It must be put in a ship. It must be lifted in another tow truck. It must be dropped in your house. Sir, that will increase your bill. Say, I'll pay all. All I want is that is zero, zero, zero when it gets to my house. Is that the gift that God has given to you? Is that how you want to use it? But I like this footballer, money. 
that I know where I come from. I know it's been difficult. I can buy 10 Lamborghinis. I can do this and that and that. But, look, children are going to school. Hospitals are being built and this and that. And people are saying, he's good. This guy is doing well. The same, the same in the athletic field. Because dedication and commitment. The last but not the least, be willing to utilize our gifts wholeheartedly. Not holding back from God's service. If you look at this, it reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3, from verse 10 going. Paul says, look, everything you have is given to you by God. And Jesus Christ is the one who has laid the foundation. If you're a believer, he is the one who has saved you. He's the one who has laid the foundation in your life. He has given you gifts to use for him. Then he said, you cannot build on that foundation, or you should not build on that foundation anyhow, or if I may use their friends, uh, anyhowly. Because some will build on that house, they can use gold, silver, or precious stone. Alternatively, they can use wood, hay, or stubble. Then he says, that gift will be tested. A time will come when that gift will be tested, and to be tested by fire. We see all around us, people who have come to Accra, they have accommodation problems. And so, they get anywhere and they build anything on it. It's a pitiful case. But when the rains come, when the fire rages, it just mows them down. Because the building is made of what? Cardboard, made of wood, made of stubble. And they are so quick, they can build it back. But mind you, if that were the end of your life and God is judging you, how would you fare? So he said, be careful how you do it. Do it wholeheartedly. And so the passage that we're looking at today emphasizes that, that whatever God has given you, if it is exhortation, do it diligently and carefully. If it is giving, give cheerfully. If it's leadership, lead responsibly. If it is mercy, show mercy without complaining. Because the people who need mercy, sometimes they are not even able to say thank you. Or all they can say is, when I might get in the next food and may annoy you. If it is prophecy, prophesy responsibly. They should not come to you and decide, prophet, what should I do? And when you have nothing to say, you find something to say. Or if it is service and helps, help in such a way that they will know, yes, truly, this man is a man of God. Somebody can make a mistake and say, the way you are helping me, are you Jesus? Or are you, who are you? Say, I'm only helping you. And if it is teaching, let it be clear for people to understand and apply it. So Romans chapter 12 lists the gifts that we are referring to today. But if you are a student of the Bible, you know that is not the only passage that lists gifts. It is listed in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Peter 4. So we see 12, 12, 4, 4. Today we'll not go to the rest, but just mention it for the Bible students to get back to it. Now, let's take the gifts that are mentioned today. Exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, and highlight on them and see what the Lord's Spirit is telling us about how we can use stewardship for service. I list about nine of them for special mention this morning. Because God has already led us as a church to look at the gift of evangelism, 
and I'm encouraging those who on Easter Sunday give their time to say, yes, the Lord has called us the Ministry of Evangelism. I've been watching their platform. And some of the things they have agreed to do themselves are amazing. Seeing some of them carrying placards, going to other places. May God continue to use you. May you feel empowered to depopulate the kingdom of hell and bring people into the kingdom of God. By whatever means, may the Lord continue to empower you. By the gift of evangelism are those who passionately lead others to the Lord Jesus Christ. They find ways of doing that. And what it thrills me is that they gather in teams, two or three, and say, let us go together and do it. And they go and they do it at their own expense. That God has given them the ability, God has given them the opportunity, but God has also given them the means to use in blessing the, the people of God or the people who are yet to come to the kingdom of God. Then we look at the gift of prophecy. Prophecy means boldly and fearlessly proclaiming God's word. Boldly and fearlessly. The gift of prophecy is one of those gifts that still exist today. Sometimes it is misunderstood. Sometimes it is misapplied. But the gift of prophecy exists. It existed in the Old Testament. But prophecy means two things. It means forth telling, proclaiming what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. I mean, what God has done. So you preach Preaching is part of prophecy. You proclaim. You are expounding for people to understand the plan and the will of God. But on a few occasions, it is predictive. God says what is going to happen in the future. And for some of those things, even the prophet may not necessarily understand how to apply it or when it will apply. Look at the book of Isaiah. A prophet who used many, many words to describe the coming of Jesus. A virgin shall conceive and give birth to a child. You will call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. He is with this and that. Who was he talking about? Is it the king? The king's child? A small girl in the king's palace? Scholars have wondered. But when Jesus Christ came, almost 900 years later, we find that he is the one he was talking about. Hallelujah. And so prophecy is given by God to his people. Sometimes, the Lord may not give you the total picture. Sometimes, he will not. And therefore, because he wants you to live by faith and not by sight. Some people, they will not move until the prophet tells them what they must do. And I can promise you, if you live like that, then you are not, you are not necessarily asking God to lead you. You are asking the prophet to lead you. And they can mislead you. And sometimes... You push them to prophesy for you to do something. They would find something to tell you. Some of them will find something to tell you. A case in point. We all know uh, T.B. Joshua. I, I like his example because you all know he, can, he has a lot of gift of prophecy. And his friend was uh, our president. When the president, the former president died, somebody asked him, didn't you see it? Why didn't you tell him? He said, God did not tell him that his friend was going to die. He didn't tell him. God can choose to limit what he wants to tell you. Because the just shall live by what? Faith. And not by sight. And if somebody tells you something that is contradictory to the word of God, do not do it. Some of the things they tell, it doesn't make sense. 
You come, you are praying for a wife, a husband. Yes, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Open your eyes. The first woman you see, touch her. That's your wife. The first person you go and touch is Mrs. Redu, already married. Say, God says, I should marry you, I should marry you. I should marry you. Then the husband said, he's not a prophet, he's a demon, he's a devil. I mean, these things are happening. Or you haven't heard it. Three days. You are given three days to marry the woman. Or to marry the man. That is why in the context of giving the spiritual gifts, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, particularly chapter 14, let two or three prophesy and let the others judge. And then you teach, making clear the truth of God's word with simplicity and accuracy. What is God saying? What does this word mean? But how are we to apply it? We must know the word of God. Nobody should be a strange or a, a, what, a, a loose cannon or even, I may say, a lone ranger just saying whatever they are saying. God's word is our beginning point. And if you are prophesying, you are teaching, you are evangelizing, the word of God can never and ever be contradicted. Some of the greatest prophecies we have in the Bible are, for instance, the book of Revelation. Simply the message is that who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. And some of the things he describes here, you will never understand them. People have tried to guess which one is the first bull, second bull, third bull, which one is Babylon, which one is this. You don't understand it. The message is live pure, live holy. The world is mine, I am coming. Period. Whoever the angel is, the harlot is, wherever it is, if you find their identity, how does that help you? If you are not living pure, you are not living holy. The word of exhortation or the gift of exhortation motivates others to action, application, and purpose. You hear the word of God. We are taught over and over and over again. The big gap we have in our society in a country like this is what to do with the word of God that we hear. There's a big gap between what we know and what we do. Somebody went to a scholar and asked a scholar, do you know all those things in the Bible? In the book of Job, it talks about Leviathan. It talks about this. It talks about that. Do you know where it, what it is? And the man said, I don't know what it is. So said, then how can a good scholar like you be a Christian. He said, it is not what I don't know in the Bible that makes me a Christian. It is not what I don't understand. That is what makes me cry to God for mercy. It is what I know that I understand, that I'm not able to apply. That makes me a Christian and I ask God for mercy. I said, what do you mean? He said, don't tell lies. <laughs> what is difficult about that? <laughs> Do I understand? I understand it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you understand it? You say, I understand it. But I'm not able to do it. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do you understand it? You say, yeah. When does the sun go down? You say, in the night. Go down on your anger. Yeah. Forgive those who offend you. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Do you understand all those things? You say, I understand. Those are the things that cause me to know I need help. Lord, help me. Not Leviathan, 
Not whether the world was made in six or seven days, whether it's 2,000. Those ones, one day will understand. Hello. And so when you are exhorting people, you are taking the word to let them know. The word has application for today. Leave the word. Don't be so discouraged because you are waiting for a husband. He hasn't come. A child hasn't come. You haven't received a visa or you've stolen something. Repent of it and let God be true and all liars. Exhortation. Exhort, encourage, rebuke, direct people. And there are some who are so gifted that you may be a believer or you are a believer. You are in the doldrums because there's nobody who is up all the time. Sometimes we are up, sometimes we are down. But there are some who are given that gift that when they stand alongside you and they speak into your life, oh, your heart begins to bubble, begin to have new faith, new hope, and new joy in the Lord. Hallelujah. Like Jesus did to Peter who was so discouraged. Do you love me? Yeah. Feed my sheep. Feed my lamb. Peter, do you know what the devil wants to do? He has desired to sift you like with, I have prayed for you. Stand. And when you stand, lift the rest of your burden. You just say, eh, really? Not just making him fall down. No, 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 no. Woman, you are caught in adultery, but I'm telling you, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And she left the place. Ah, did Jesus know? He knew. But what did he do? I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then the people of God move about to and fro like sheep without a shepherd. God has given some the gift of shepherding. And what do they do? The gift of shepherding is between shepherds. Some in this church, we call them shepherds. They lead small groups. They are deacons. And they do a fantastic job overseeing, training, feeding, coaching, and leading the congregation. It is one thing to come into a group. It's another thing for somebody to navigate or show you how to grow, how to feed you, how to lead you. There's no way you can lead the Christian life by being in isolation. You can't. You cannot. You have challenges. The devil will try you. The picture is that of a, a firewood or charcoal. This day we don't use that much of it. But when the charcoal or the firewood is together, they burn brighter. When you take that charcoal out of the coal pot, what happens? It goes dead. When you take that firewood out of that hearth, what happens? It goes dead. But when we are together, we shake each other, we push each other, we encourage each other, and we burn brighter. So submit yourself to shepherding. Or if you are a shepherd, God has called you shepherd and shepherd responsibly and courageously. Do not be discouraged. Then you have the gift of serving, providing practical help both spiritually and physically. There are some who in spite of whatever their qualifications are, their training, is they just are willing to put it at the disposal or at the service of God so that the church of God will look good, the people of God will look good, and God's work will be done and God will be given the glory. I know of a good friend, a bishop, who I know his educational background. He, he didn't go to big school, so he doesn't speak big English. One day when we were going, I saw a certain young man beside him. And whatever they were doing, the young man was whispering to him. He whispered to him after he asked the man to just stop. So I asked him. Then a time came when the young man gave an iPad to him, and the man read everything. Now I asked him, who is this? 
So this man decided that he will be helping me. Say he's a pilot. He has felt the call to come and be my personal and technical assistant. When he told me, I didn't know what that meant. But everywhere we go to meeting, when they're having the meeting, I don't know what is going on. He's deciding, he's summarizing, and they call me to a lot of these meetings. They want me to be chairman. And I don't even know what they are talking about, let alone what to say at the end of it. By the time they finish, he brings the iPad, say, Papa, you read this one. And I read it, and everybody's saying, ah, Papa, no, no, he's on point, he's on point, he's on point. And through him, I am learning, because he has put his gift at my disposal. We say, stewardship of service. That God has given every gift to you, from archaeology to zoology, they can be used for the kingdom of God. Something that their gifts can only be used to make money. But is it possible, like this young man, putting it at the disposal of a man of God, of the church of God? Look, we are looking for people to do service. How many ushers do we have? How many counselors do you have? How many people do you have who go to hospital? How many do you have who go to prisons? How many do you have who sit in the pews? They are there. They have the gift, but they are not willing to use it. May God help you today to do and use what is given you. Particularly the gift of showing mercy. I stand the people of Shashi that we went there, technically we went there to be the extension of this book long service, English service. So we went there. And when we got there, we found out that all around us, there are people, when you say good morning, you say good morning. Uh, when you say red, you say read. We see that there are squatters, with all due apologies, there are artisans who don't speak the type of Queen's English we speak here. We had a choice. Are we going to let them come or we pass, we drive through them. We made a decision. These are going to be part of the family. And so reach out to them. And I tell you, it's not been easy. Some of them, when they come and they are dancing and they are sweating, uh, you know it. Uh, yeah. Some of them, when they are drinking water or they are eating the food, you know it. Some of them don't know A from B. But some of the pleasure is to see them coming that, Pastor, I'm coming to I'm coming to toilet here. When they come to toilet and they go, you find that they squatted on it. It's all right. Some of them, we tell them, don't drink this water. The water, they say, is not good. But that's the best water because where they are coming from. And so we open the house of God to all. So he said, those who have the gift of showing mercy. The Bible says in the message, do it without feeling depressed. Do it showing the love and the mercy of favor to God in Christ Jesus who came and saw you and I in our sin, in our helplessness, in our hopelessness and showed mercy to us. Those who have received mercy must show mercy. Look at how the Mother Teresa's have affected and impacted the world because they've shown mercy. Is someone going to continue to show that mercy so that God's people, God's world can be touched? Giving. Giving material resources to further the work of the kingdom without bragging about it. Giving cheerfully. And as we'll be reminded over and over again, we are on a campaign reminding you. Paul said, look, I'm not asking you to give to me so that it will make me rich. But I'm asking you to give because it helps you. One of the two commandments with a promise, honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. Give to the Lord and his work and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and give to you. Are you giving faithfully, cheerfully? 
All this argument about whether it is tight or not tight, it's up to you. In fact, there are some who give what they call reverse tithe. They give and give and give, and the more they give, the more God continues to bless them. That now they give 90% and they live on 10%. And even that 10% is more than enough. And you look at them and you envy them. So what can you give? Money, car, houses, to meet the need of others who lack. All the fingers are not equal. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, Give as the Lord has prospered you. I believe I've never preached a sermon that says, if you have coins, don't give it to the Lord. Because that, for me, is not biblical. As the Lord has prospered you. And going back to that widow, who probably received money from the temple, all she got possibly was the might. And she knows that she must not go to the house of the Lord empty-handed. Now, let me ask you, in our tradition, do we go to the chief's palace empty-handed? You don't go. Whether you work or you don't work, you don't go empty-handed. All right. But you can go to the house of the king of kings and the lord of lords. Now, if you go, like, like Isaiah said, you go to your king's house, give him a blind goat, give him a lame sheep, give him a seriously damaged cock, and see what they will do to you. But you come to God's house and you give all of those things. And so, the rule is simple. What is befitting of the Lord? What you can give, you give, and the Lord will bless you and continue to bless you. The last of the gifts that Romans chapter 12 talks about is the gift of administration. As human beings, we need to be administered from beginning to the end. That is what every organization is about. And good organization comes from people who are willing to contribute to the organization's growth. A group that has its members volunteering is a great group. A church that has multiple of their members serving, serving voluntarily is a great one. If I may just, I know this is Sunday morning, but this church is a congregational church, which means the church members have the final say. On Wednesday, for three weeks in a row, we announced that there's going to be family meeting to make some critical decisions. There are six services in this church Sunday morning. On Wednesday, there were less than 200 people here. Well, thank God. The implication may be you trust the leadership. Is that so? You trust the leaders. Do you trust them? Or you don't care? Which, which is which? You trust? Really? Eh. You trust? Or you don't care? If you trust, you see, if you truly trust, then it says we are... The, 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 the reason behind asking the congregation to come is that the Spirit of God lives within you. And God may reveal something to you that will contribute to making that decision that may be in the will of God. Many heads are better than one. But you don't come. Anyway, I'll stop it there. But administration that I'm talking about means people are organized in ways that help the church to move on. You may have a gift and you don't know how to use it. Today, my special focus is on service. And I want something to happen. I'm looking for somebody to mobilize our members into what I call voluntary service. Coordinator for voluntary service. I draw the inspiration from a church I visited some time ago. I went to this church, and as I was looking at the car park, 
a certain gentleman drove a very nice American car and went to park the car. Then he took Caddy, uh, this uh, thing. He had a squeegee that they use in cleaning glasses, glass cleaner, mop, and all those toilet cleaners, and came to the front desk, and the coordinator there said, you are in room seven, eight, and nine. They said, thank you. And he went there. After about one uh, half hours, he was moving away. And out of curiosity, I went to see uh, that whether he was a car. The car actually belonged to him or he was a driver. How do you know? So I came back to the, to the lady and asked, what? what oh, oh, I, I don't get this. Is this man the caretaker? I said, no. This church that has 10,000 members has 11 caretakers. And the duty of the 11 caretakers, and she is the coordinator, she is a coordinator administering people to use their gifts where they are needed. And that this man is a bank manager. He has decided that his gift that he can use is to take one hour and come and clean these three rooms every once, I think two, two weeks or three weeks. And when it's time, call him. He will come. He will put his coat down, come and clean it free and go. So I said, so those things, who bought it? I said, he bought his own thing. There are people who clean his office, but he also takes time to come and clean the house of God. I said, this one there, I don't understand. Let me share it with my Buklon people. They may understand. So that is what connects me to know that I'm not just a pure woman, but I'm giving my service to God. I, don't, I said, I didn't get it. But we have not promoted that enough. Today, I'm challenging you. First, by looking for leadership. Anything that human beings want to do, somebody must take the lead. If there's no leadership for anything, it won't happen. You heard John Maxwell being quoted over and over. Leadership is cause, everything else is effect. So if we have not shared it today, I'm sharing it. That we need somebody who is coordinator for voluntary services. I'd like to talk to the person to see how we can take this thing further. Please, how we can take this thing further. I'm now... What would, this, what would this person do? You'll be responsible for mobilizing people who can do service. Remember, when the Lord Jesus Christ wanted to feed the 5,000, he said, who has the food? Somebody gave him the food, the small boy. What did he ask them to do? Sit, 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 sit in numbers. And they sat. And when they finished, what did he ask? Collect it. And they collected and they got 12 baskets full. What is it? He was organizing them in such a way that there'll be no waste. Today, there are people looking for something to do, and the church of God is also looking for people to do something. For us, the answer is in coordinator for volunteer ministries. If you are interested, contact me through this detail. You must have the gift of administration, leadership, and previous experience in doing this type of work is welcome. It's welcome because there are many people who are sitting at home, unemployed, so they say, retired, who can be of service in the house of God. I remember an experience of sharing. In two weeks, I'll probably experience it again in Nalerugu, where people just come to hospital to come there and say, we are volunteers. And what is their job? In a maze like Kolebu, their job is just to show you female ward, male ward, medical block, 
They come, they volunteer, they show you, and those who are believers add the word of God to it, show you in the way. That I've shown you how to get to the world. Can I also show you how to get to heaven? Can I also show you how to find Christ in your situation? You have come here for medical help, but can I show you who will take you from here to the kingdom of heaven? Beloved, you can touch people through the way you serve them. And God has given us various gifts and talents to use in serving him, not only in the gathered church, but also in the dispersed church. May we use all of this to bring glory, praise, and honor to his name this and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.